It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Shutdown Fullcast. This is the internet's only college football podcast, but you know, we're coming up on like May 1st tomorrow, correct? The month yes. of May. Yes. Spencer Spencer knows how to use a calendar, folks. Mm, that's how do you a spell bit, that's that, a bit much. The the word you use to open this podcast, how do you spell it? Um it's like M B B B B B B B B B W It's like exact it's at least twenty three letters, if not twenty four. And I think that if you are, if, I think welcome, that's like a bunch of W's, A's, and maybe Y's to start before you get into the L and then the, the come to finish. Yeah. Well, that's usually how things finish. <clears throat> you said it, buddy. Already, already going blue. Just already, mm-hmm. already joining me as always. Um, that was the melodious voice of Jason Kirk live from Kennesaw, Georgia. Uh, Jason, we'll, we'll just state for the record, you have seen Avengers Infinity War, correct? I have seen it. I'll, I'll put it this way. The three of us have seen it a total of three times. See what I'm okay. saying? I see what you're saying. And, and Ryan, live from Brooklyn, New York, you have not seen the preeminent cultural item of our moment right no no which led us to a very important question do we go ahead and discuss it or uh in, or do we wait for the nanny household to do this okay what I here's wanna... what here's here's what i'm gonna offer you okay um i want each of you to tell me about your favorite moment in the film but here's the here's the deal and i want you to sort of like can slack each other or whatever 
I want one of you to make one up, and I want one of you to tell me the truth, and I want you like make an effort here so that it won't be obvious, and that's how we're going to get this out. So one of you is going to get to share the moment that you enjoyed the most from the latest Marvel movie, and, you know, keep that somewhat restrained, and the other one of you is going to make up a lie. Spencer, I, sh- I swear if you're talking about this on the group chat, I'm in there. No, we're good. We uh we called a hot route at the line was all. Okay. Yeah, that's you what we you called. Don't, you hot... don't know our signals. Yeah, <laughs> you don't know where it's going, but I did call a hot route, okay? So okay. I I we've coordinated and um so yeah. Okay. Okay, so who's going first? Um I'm going to go ahead and get Jason to go first. So my favorite part is the part toward the end where Thanos is he's won and uh they realize that he has won so greatly that the whole universe is completely fucked unless um, he's got, he's one too big basically. Um, so they sort of have to recruit him back onto the team, the team that includes his son who he tried to kill earlier, uh, his brother who he tried to kill earlier and his daughter who he's been torturing for like the entire movie. Um, and he does it just to prove he can win, you know, just to prove he's the only one who can fix his own mess. Yeah, yeah. I like that part too. My other favorite part is this, that when it comes down to it all, uh, Thanos does everything just so he can go camping. That's it. Just does it all. Does it all so he could go camping. That's the entire point of the movie, that Thanos wants to kill half of the universe just so he can go camp in peace and quiet. Get off the grid. Yeah, that's it. That that's the entire point of the movie. So one of us, so one of us, Ryan, yeah. is making is making that up. God. Okay. No, good. Now I have to see the movie to resolve this. And I swear to God, if it's the camping thing, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be very annoyed and very delighted. I'm gonna be I, I, annoyed and delighted, which is kind I, of how I am on this podcast all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, normally, normally we would talk college football, but it's far more entertaining for me to talk about uh, a purple fictional character who does look a lot like a strength coach. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, Ryan. Neither of us lied. The thing is, only one of us told the movie story. (laughs) You'll never know which is which. Good. Good. Um... Is Than how how sleeveless is Thanos in the movie? Periodically, very usually, sleeveless. Usually, usually, yeah. usually sleeveless. Um, Sometimes he has a little sort yeah. of foofy cuff. I don't know what it is about Marvel and Eternal characters whose power is so great that they basically transcend time and space. But apparently, all of them need some like Flash Gordon ass armor. Okay, they need some like really chintzy medieval times looking stuff to just chunk around in. Just to hold his, all that power in, right? His armor, he like he can um, sort of fold it into himself. I don't know where mm-hmm. it goes. They don't really yeah. explain that. He's like, um, it's like he's wearing a transformer. Why? This is going to be kind of a weird question. Why isn't he just nude the whole time? It would be too powerful. Um, he <laughs> he likes to challenge himself. This is a thing about Thanos. He he right. he doesn't always go all out. Um, he likes to he likes to be sporting, um, and new Thanos would. I'm that gonna would... destroy this world, slappers only. 
Yeah. Well, like, yeah, yeah. You know that. That's you know. Yeah, you know that's that extremely is... Thanos. If he can, he will. Very. Yeah. Like there's moments in the movie where he walks, and he doesn't have to. Mm-hmm. He's he's like a god, and then he gets a superpower that even gods would consider a superpower, like being like, you know, like the district over selectman chief area god, basically. So when he gets that, for some reason, he still walks, which I maintain it's for the cardio. That's why, right. you know, he's been doing a lot of lifting and he realizes <laughs> a that a lot of lifting, a lot of lifting. Hi, this is Thanos here to warn you about deep vein thrombosis. <laughs> <laughs> the, the scene where uh, the scene where Thanos is just throwing up blood from Rapido, it was <laughs> it was essential just to ground him a little bit. And then, I mean, and then and then Kirk Ferentz makes him a grad assistant, which is a pretty cool little you know nugget. Yeah. he has to toil in ten years in Iowa, and that's how he gets the um, the Yellowstone. I'll just tell you, man. The er- the cor- the, the, it's called the Cornstone. The Cornstone. The, t- the, t- the two thousand meter challenge on the Erg. Like no one's invincible. Mm-hmm. No one's. Oh, everyone's good. vulnerable to it. Good. I'm glad. So so. The Avengers movie, uh, Infinity War, is basically about what happens if CrossFit becomes our only form of government. Also, like Iowa, the entire goal is for everyone to go 500. That's right. <laughs> you want balance, right? I like, I like, I like the idea that he holds back though, because that's also very college football coach about just be like, you know, we just we we only want to show as many cards as we have to here. You know, keep it keep it close. Win in the fourth quarter, baby. It's it's kind of like uh, he's kind of got some Derek Dooley to him. He's going to try to win with only ten guys on the field. Is you know? it is a, is it a little Will Muschampy? Oh yeah, <laughs> he's going to try. If if he can beat you with only field goals, he'll do that mm-hmm. because he can talk to you more throughout. Exactly, that's very important. You got you got to talk some shit, like a constant a constant low level monologue of things just rolling right along i would i would want to go back to a point that that kind of popped up in my head you said why isn't thanos nude okay why isn't there like a fully nude national superhero right because every superhero um i don't know if you know like you know there's captain america sure Sure. uh black panther representing captain brazil well you know there's like there there's a british there's basically a british captain america who's so bad that Captain um, captain britain is that his name? I'm pretty sure that's his name, Captain Britain. Yeah, yeah, that's that that sounds about which also right. which also sounds like a Vanderbilt tight end's name. I hate that because it sort of eliminates Captain Scotland, right? <laughs> which would be an incredible superhero, right? That's Lieutenant. Like, as as a a recent Game of Thrones watcher, I believe I'm the ranking Game of Thrones watcher on this podcast. Mm-hmm. You it's are. basically the army of snow zombies. That's Captain mm-hmm. Scotland. Right. Yeah, <laughs> just the Lef- got... Le- Lieutenant Scotland. Yeah, just carrying carrying his magical, indestructible flask made of vibranium that contains fortified wine. <laughs> he has to go to the giant space forge to create an even more powerful golf club. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's college football as hell. Talk, tell me a little bit more about this golf club. <laughs> I need to hear. Now, this ain't exactly street legal, but. <laughs> but, like, why isn't there, like, why isn't, you know, why isn't Major Bulgaria a hero? And if so, why doesn't he just say, hey, I'm nude? I think I'm that's on... uh, Rusev, the wrestler. <laughs> He's mostly nude. That's true. Rusev he's Dang. also the size of Thanos, so 
Well, I mean, so I'll I get that there are some superheroes who armor is a key part of the experience. Uh, Iron Man's a good example, but there are others as well who like want some sort of protection. Captain America works too. Sure. There, there are others for whom either because the armor is built in or because they have something else going on, like Colossus. Colossus should be nude all the time. Like. I th- I think just for the mental edge that would give you, if you could be a giant nude metal Russian man with a flat top, like come on, Wolverine. I mean, Wolverine should also probably be nude all of the time. Why yeah. do you think Doctor Manhattan was so powerful? Because exactly. Nude. Yeah, I enjoyed that. that Doctor Manhattan's penis in the comics is of the Athenian Greek model, similar to David's. <laughs> And it is not the, showy. I like that he, that suggests that he like bought it at Restoration Hardware. Or something. No, this was this was an Alan Moore thing. Alan Moore have, says, "What do you have in a Doric penis?" <laughs> yeah, well, you know, he could he could just shop for one, right? And the most powerful human or the most powerful entity in the universe was basically mm-hmm. like, "I'll take the David model." It's right. not showy. Gets the job done. Right. Yeah, but for the movie. They made it much, much larger because we couldn't have we couldn't have a movie that was going to be for an American audience unless you the big powerful guy had a giant wang. Yeah, you couldn't have like seven rows of teens heckling Dr. Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally what they were trying to like prevent, right? They wanted to be like, no, respect, dog. Yeah, you're looking good. <laughs> That's Dr. Manhattan to you, not mm. Dr. Boyhattan. I guess yeah. just like Thanos is, you know, obviously a person without shame and who feels above consequences. I don't know. I feel like if he just strolled out, Infinity Gauntlet, tank top, nothing below, Porky Pig in it. That's. <laughs> 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 I mean, <laughs> I always thought that's what Magneto should have done, right? He had a cape. He had all that stuff. He really right. should have just gone like assless chaps, right? So that, <laughs> so that when the wind blew up, like he didn't see it, but then the wind blew up, and they're like, "Oh, yo, Magneto was a freak." Yo, should yo. they all just go like Superman with underpants outside their pants? Mm-hmm. <laughs> have we ever considered that Superman might have some issues because he did that? <laughs> Superman, what a stupid dork! You put your <laughs> underpants on, on the, atop your pants. That's the only way he can keep track of if he's Clark Kent or Superman. He just checks and be like, where are the underwear? Outside? I'm Superman now. Everyone Inside? in DC Clark is Kent. a stupid fucking idiot. <laughs> just remember just, just remember that that's exactly... Remember where Superman's from. He's from Indiana. I believe it. But they're <laughs> he's like, from Kansas. Kansas. <laughs> or is it Kansas? I thought he was from Indiana. <laughs> yeah, no, he's from Kansas. He's, oh, he's one from, step, one he's, step above. He's the, church, the church, he's the church says, put your undies on the outside. So like Batman, like world's greatest detective, smartest guy in the world, with any prep time he could defeat anybody. Maybe it's just he's like average intelligence in the DC universe, and like everyone else there is very stupid. Also, Batman should have just become a cop. (laughs) Like, 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 I know Spencer brought this up in like the group DM the other day, but like, okay, so Batman sees his parents killed kind of throws him off track directionally, decides that he needs to strike fear in the hearts of criminals, and I feel like the logical next step is, and so I'm going to be a cop. Nope. Just absolutely not. 
Just one thousand percent not. I, I yeah. hope there's some storyline where Batman fails the cop exam. <laughs> repeatedly like batman tries to be a policeman and he tries to go to law school and he's so stupid he just keeps failing the like, ba- both ba- exams batman, well it's batman because can't run, batman can't run a, a mile in 10 30 he's allergic okay. to guns batman has the batmobile for a reason <laughs> i believe that of the ben affleck batman that he couldn't run a mile <laughs> in 10 30 batman's more of a short bursts <laughs> yeah, Batman's been doing interval training. He's not so Batman's much about distances. He's a three technique. So, so winded. How do we judge me about my this? three cone, not my forty? Yeah, I usually just descend on a cable and catch people if they run. Uh, <laughs> I kind of just drop. <laughs> yeah, I kind of just set my big frame somewhere and let gravity cook. Alfred, I need the bat hailer. <laughs> How about the bat treadmill, sir? No, 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 no. no. You know, you know, Batman doesn't do load bearing. Are you trying to get me killed? <laughs> God, Batman sucks. I um, bet every, I bet every time Alfred's, Alfred's like, sir, I think it's time for some cardio. He's like, oh, my back, which Bane broke, is acting up. Oh man, don't think yeah. that's a good idea. Yeah, you know why Bane did that. It was a favor. He's like, hey, yo, you don't do cardio either. And he's like, it's terrible. No. <laughs> Cheetos don't stretch. It, 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 it limits the game. <laughs> you were molded by bad arches and sore heels. I was born into it. Jesus, this has gone off the... Hasn't rails. it? Um, do, you, do you have anything? Shall we? To shall we? About, yeah. Shall we uh, answer one of our reader questions first? Yeah, we uh, we turn to the randomizer because May, there's not a goddamn thing going on except somebody did point out, and I don't have Twitter open, so I don't remember who. Um, am I in the Amazon special on Michigan football? Just like in the corner, very briefly in the bowl, the Outback Bowl, which they lost to South Carolina in part because. I brought wicked bad mojo upon Jim Harbaugh and his team. Yup. Sure am. Did Amazon reach out and offer me, I don't know, a month of prime for free or any thanks or any screen credit? Nope. Sure didn't. You need to, was, you gotta, you, man, you, you got to sue them for your rights and likeness fees when they put up I, the video game. Was I supposed to file taxes on Amazon's behalf? Yup. Sure didn't though. Sorry. Um, let's go with this. Let's start with at WLS Copilot. Two questions here. One, eh, one football, one not. <clears throat> we'll start with the football one. What school would have the best passing game if all the defensive linemen switched to wide receiver? Ooh, I'm going to go Clemson. Easily, oh, just man. because... Just... <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's, I'm, that's I'm, I'm like I'm just gonna go like who is the most consistently talented defensive lines, and it's generally either Clemson or Alabama. So I'm just gonna take that, especially because if I pick Clemson and I can take the tack, I can take the tackles, right? Yeah, sure. sure. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I don't think Im- implicit in this question was, but you can't have the the best pass catchers on the line, the tackles. I think I mean I mean if you're going by 2018 rosters, Clemson's the best answer just because goddamn those athletes and also on Clemson internet perhaps just Twitter, I'm not sure. There seems to be some sort of a joke 
and uh, I'm, forgive me for whatever I'm losing in translation here, that Christian Wilkins plays every position, including safety. I'm not sure he did the play, origin he, of it, but he did, he did play safety. That was he did play a couple of snaps at safety in the spring game. And might oh, I say, I missed, as a downhill I the Clemson spring game, <laughs> as a as a safety running downhill uh, in coverage and just picking up like you know reading a play and picking up a jet sweep. It was very impressive. It was. As a blitzer, could use some work. Uh, he has pass catching experience as well. He's caught at least two or three uh, trick play receptions for Clemson. So that's an excellent pick. Let's do the non-football side of this. Why my friend Adam is a loser for referring to himself as, quote, Dean of Buckeye Nation on Twitter. <laughs> Um, I don't think this is automatically true or not, because, you know, is he fulfilling the duties of the Dean of Buckeye Nation? Is he uh, overseeing faculty hiring? Is he going out and doing fundraising? Is he, you know, figuring out where classroom space is going to be assigned? Um, what kind of academic policies does Buckeye Nation have? What I'm curious what his professor track was before he gave his academic pursuits up and decided to take a pers- position of leadership within Buckeye Nation. So if he's doing all of these things, if he is showing up and holding office hours and meeting with student groups and doing all of these things at Buckeye Nation University, which is accredited now, I just did that. That's our college now. We did look, look at that. And we have a dean. We're already good. Just send eight thousand dollars to Spencer on Venmo and you you're enrolled. You're enrolled at Buckeye Nation University. Located so, like, in Atlanta, Georgia. Th- there's a distinction here between Ohio State University and Ohio State University and Buckeye Nation. Mm-hmm. Like, what is a major offered at Buckeye Nation? Mm, I was cooler packing. That's that's definitely one efficient packing Mm. of a cooler, not just and not just not just putting things in the cooler, but then putting the cooler somewhere else like a RAV4. I would say tanning. Mm -hmm. Tanning's a major non-solar like um, sick headbands. Yep, (laughs) definitely sick headbands. I like I like sick headbands. Um, I think that there's a major which is somewhere below physical training and above guy who gives advice at the gym. Unlicensed <laughs> physical trainer seems like a course that Buckeye Nation uncertified. I think having a lab uh, unnecessarily elaborate hamburger recipes that's a major, but not being able to cook anything else. You just need to have like no. First, I need uh, half a pound of ground duck. Trust me, it's better if it's half beef, half duck. Then I'm going to layer a papaya on top of that. Then I'm going to grill it in the microwave. (laughs) (laughs) It's fucked up. It's the most disturbing thing that's been said on the podcast yet. I was was with it till you said grill it in the microwave. (laughs) You put a grill in the microwave. Don't turn the microwave on the grill. (laughs) You put a George Foreman in the microwave. And then you just go, go with it's, it. It's amazing. It gets it double hot. <laughs> it does. 
<laughs> it's uh yeah i think those are all i would say this that if we're talking about dean of buckeye nation and it's not an alias right which dean is one of those names that i can't tell is it like gary is it going extinct um, I, I hope so is it short for something is is are we gonna find out like nope it was secretly short for david this whole time I don't maybe so. I don't I don't know like Dean is Dean is one of those names that I think is slowly it's not quite in Gary territory but it's definitely on the way over the horizon mm-hmm. I would I would also say that that if you have um if you have a Dean of Buckeye Nation then why not Chancellor why aren't you shooting a little bit higher why don't you give yourself a better title than oh, just humility bro Dean I'm a blue collar higher ed executive. Okay. Janitor yeah. of Buckeye Nation. Uh, Dean yeah, comes right. from a Greek word that means monk in charge of 10 monks. Oh, that's a quarterback. Exactly. <laughs> I don't like calling myself a dean. I like to call myself a mind welder. Listen. Of Buckeye Nation. <laughs> you, you, dress, you dress totally alike and you uh, are very quiet. And you live a humble life of poverty and chastity. That's the Buckeye experience and what monks do. It's exactly the same. <laughs> My favorite scene in um, Ready Player One, which it was, it, was, <laughs> it was terrible, except for the opening scene, which is like Columbus, Ohio, 2042. And it's like the mind just like the, the mental image that occurs, th- those three words together, it's uncomparable. Because like, it's like, first of all, Okay, nothing's gonna change. Nothing is gonna nothing. You could say you could say twenty nine ninety nine, you know, and it's still gonna look exactly the same. But then they <laughs> then they show like this like favela of mobile homes stacked on top of each other, and that's funny too. Then the movie's how, very bad after that. How many of the mobile homes have Buckeye stickers on them? None. They couldn't get the rights. They got to write the rights to damn every pop culture thing except for Ohio State. I can't believe that like the Iron Giant himself, Cardell Jones, is in that movie, and they still didn't get the rights yeah. to Ohio State. I would also state that it's pretty lame if I just had to come down to final verdict that he calls himself Dean of Buckeye Nation. Because one, it implies learning, and you know what learning is? Learning, learning something that a Michigan grad would graduate, like like would like brag about, right? That's something they'd be like, yeah, I graduated, I learned stuff, right? Ohio State grads like it's a really good school. What'd you learn? <laughs> what I learned? How to funnel a beer one and a half seconds? Yeah, man. Yeah. Name a fruit. I will turn it into a bong. <laughs> Banana? Done it. Pineapple? Done it. Blueberry? Done it. Wow. What I major in? Outer in. That's what I majored in. <laughs> I like the idea that the dean of Wolverine Nation is actually very serious about learning. Just, just didn't didn't get into school, sir. Sir, that is a title. <laughs> it's like a it's like a, a volunteer ranger or something oh can we talk about spencer's tattoo now oh it's it's time it's a seamless transition so how did it go it went really really well i uh go ahead what's the conversation like when you walk in i i don't have any tattoos so i honestly don't know what the sort of normal exchanges and maybe it's considered in poor taste to ask too many questions about why are you having this tattoo but is there an exchange like that was there that discussion had no no tattoo artists are very non-judgmental nobody goes into the shop 
and ask for something, particularly with like a lot of thought mm-hmm. without, you know, them respecting that, even if what you suggest, which is w- what I suggested was, is patently insane. Right. So what I suggested, because Michigan, the University of Michigan, that is, um, who we're going to be extremely biased toward you. And if we do gently rib them, i.e. sometimes get over and over and just like unfair kidney punching of them for being Michigan men and women. They won. So I had to get a Wolverine tattoo. And in getting a Wolverine tattoo, I have some significant latitude on how that gets executed. So what I did was find the best portrait style photo of a Wolverine looking really thoughtful. Like yeah, some thought- like some like John J. Audubon shit. Yeah. No, no, no. It's a it's a photograph, so it's not like a lithograph, right? No, but but it, yeah. it could it could be. It's that sort of like it has that sort of feel to it, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I went in and said, can I get this extremely conscientious, thoughtful-looking Wolverine on my shoulder? And can you do it, but do it in a line drawing? So it did look like, you know, woodcut. So it did look really, like, elegant. And also that you could make this particular Michigan Wolverine a dignified gentleman with a top hat and a monocle. Now, you suggest this to anyone else, and they go, that's cool. Syphilis has a lot of stages, and you're definitely in one. Probably the one where it's eating your brain. Um, or you could do what uh, she did, which is as a tattoo artist, go, oh, yeah, I got you. It's good. It's fine. And that's exactly what she did. She ended up with uh, a drawing that they just take it. They put it right on you and uh, then just do the line work. And let me tell you what, what, what takes so long with something this detailed. Shading. Shading is uh, the most painful part of a tattoo if you're going to get any kind of like detail the shading took forever but now i have um i believe ryan has named him rupert yeah rupert he definitely looks like a rupert he really does he's a classy gentleman he's very thoughtful looking he's currently a little scaly just due to uh little scaly little dry just due to uh the natural sort of growth curve of a healing tattoo he kind of looks like a rolled doll character that like sells children gin uh, he, he does kind of look like he sells children gin, but Rupert, that's only because the gin it's a good market. Wolverine, what, what have you come to do today? I've come to sell you all gin. <laughs> the little, the little happy elixir from the elderberry flower that makes all of the children jump, dance, and sing. That's right, the juniper genie itself, gin. Hooray for Rupert! <laughs> he does, and Rupert would later on, you know, later on go, you know, the good that I do with the evil that I commit on the markets is going to really pay off societally. That's, that's how this is going to work. I'm you, going say, to... you say, you say I am the monster, but where <laughs> were those children before gin? <laughs> Miserable. Drowsy with the misery of the streets. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's who I have on my shoulder now. So thank you. University of Michigan again. Thanks to everyone who donated. And, uh, you know, I'll post a, I'll post a nicer pic of it when it's all healed up and pretty, because he's so pretty. And remember, folks, if we crack six digits next year, Spencer has to get three new Michigan tattoos for a total of five. You heard to it here what? first. No, no, <laughs> no. Have five Michigan no. tattoos. No, no, no. That's when I get the Harbaugh sleeve. Mm-hmm. It's like it's it's a sleeve of of the shirt he's wearing. It's just blue. His whole can we is get blue. can yeah. we get you one that has Navi from the Legend of Zelda, just pestering you about how Michigan doesn't pay recruits. <laughs> yeah, that would Listen, 
Listen, hey! So I can, a Michigan man with me always. That's what I could get. I want Clippy, actually. If I could get Clippy saying, you know, hey, I hear you're trying to recruit somebody without paying them. I hear you're trying to do things the right way. Do you need help? We will give you a home, Shay, Pat- Shay Patterson. Oh, the the struggle you have seen. Come in off the street, my good boy. What shall power what shall power Shea Patterson's eventful final campaign as starting quarterback at Michigan? Gin! That's right, Gin! <laughs> gin Gin and Latin studies. Gin and Latin studies. It worked for Tom Harmon. You too will learn the ablative of gin. <laughs> Some somebody from Somebody from like the Michigan Board of Trustees who's 108 years old is like, is it possible to send them to the Western Front to toughen them up? Like Tom Harmon. I think, isn't Michigan in Paris right now? <laughs> they uh, are. Yeah, they, they were. to Normandy, yeah. Okay. Which, hey, this, this, this pretty much lines up. <laughs> God, going to, going, to, going to France with Jim Harbaugh would be fascinating because... Um, not because Jim Harbaugh is like especially more interesting than any football coach. I just want to see how many dairy products that man can cram down in a day in a place that lives on them. All right, I would uh, like to, I would like yeah. to tackle a question. Please do. Um, it would be from Hey Ringer Girl. Why does UVA suck as much as it does? It's an actual football question. Why does UVA suck as much as it does? Well, I can tell you what UVA fans will tell you, and then I'll tell you what I would tell you, and they overlap a little, just a little, okay? UVA does have some admissions difficulties. This is usually the first thing that UVA fans will mention to you, right? All 73 of them. They will all tell you that UVA is very difficult to get in. It's very difficult to get the athletes you need to compete, especially when you're competing against other ACC powers for those same athletes who um, have been significantly more flexible about admitting athletes whose test scores might not match up with the rest of the student pool or population. That's what they'll tell you. I think there is a shred of truth to that. I think there's also this. There hasn't been a big institutional commitment to it. Like the first thing you need as a football program are people who are willing to do um anything to compete that's you know and and willing to just basically railroad the entire educational process so that you can have a football team that wins eight nine ten games a year it's got to be a real priority and the institutional will at uva yeah it's kind of lacking i don't really i don't really know i mean they went out and got bronco mendenhall that was kind of a that was kind of a, a flip that was kind of a a sign that maybe that had changed especially with the influx of money from uh you know tv deals that maybe something could change in Charlottesville. Um, and I think it might have changed a little bit um, if that change manifests into anything like a better football team on the field. Um, we're not we're not going to see that yet. We probably wouldn't see that. Like if they're real cool and real patient, Bronco Mendenhall's got a real long leash there and probably should. Because if you go back and look, the history of UVA being consistently successful outside of George Welch, right? Uh, you know, in his run as head coach at UVA, it's... It's been hit or miss there for a real long time. That's a so, really nice way to put it, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's you kind of I think you kind of identified the other part of this, which is that you have some schools that pull the plug too quickly that, you know, year 3, the team only goes 8 and 8 and 4 and they're like, "Nope, your ass is out." I don't know who that could be. 
definitely I don't ever root for a school that is that impatient. Um, but UVA swings the other direction. How many years do you think Mike London got in that job? Was it like six? Just off memory, yes. Six. How many winning seasons did he have in that stretch? Nan. He had one. His one. second year. His second year, they went eight and five. Other than five. that, other than that, never even got to 500 in the regular season. Um, <clears throat> before that, Al Groh. How many years do you think Al Groh got at that job? Oh, man. Al Groh was there forever. That feels like another. That feels like seven. Nine. Not, and Al Groh was at UVA for nine years? Al Groh was at UVA for nine years. In that time, he had four winning seasons. Wait, let me count again. I'm sorry. He had five winning seasons and four losing seasons. One of the greatest coaches in UVA history. You can even go, it will go way back to 1958, 1959, 1960, where a coach I've never heard of, and I hope we never talk about again, named Richard Voris goes 1-9, and 0-10, and, and 0-10 and again. That's impressive. I mean, th- th- this is the thing. Bronco Mendenhall is absolutely going to get, I think, minimum seven seasons, unless something goes seriously awry in some non-football sense, or if he leaves for another job. UVA is extraordinarily patient, and... The truth is it just hasn't super paid off for them. Maybe it will. Maybe this will be the higher where that that goes in their dire- that goes in their favor. But like ugh, they have they have they have stayed in some bad relationships a little too long. I respect that. God, I get I, that. Oh. I think what sort of sums up all these things is they just don't care very much. Like when you're in an area, you're close to talent, you're, you know, Virginia Tech has surely found its, its share. You're, you're not far from the deep south. Um, it just all goes back to do you care or not. And they uh, they care about a lot of sports. A little bit. You know, there's none they're really crazy about. After basketball seeing, basketball yeah, sometimes. but they I was going to say, like, after seeing, after seeing what they did with their basketball team and what that team plays like, I don't really want to see what the, a real successful football team in the year 2018 or 19 would look like at UVA because – Every game would be ten seven, and I'm I I watched that for way too long. I don't need to watch that again. That's the nicest. This is the nicest discussion anybody's had about UVA basketball just in the last three months. Just so we're clear, ever the um, second the second part of this, by the way, mm-hmm. is <clears throat> Scott Leffler can coach. He beat FSU. LOL. Um, I would like to quote for you, gentlemen, the players coached portion of Scott Leffler's Wikipedia page. Oh, Are you boy, both prepared? Yeah. Okay. Ready. <clears throat> uh, this is just a portion of it. Leffler was the college quarterbacks coach to future NFL draft picks, Tom Brady, Tim Tebow, Brian Greasy, Chad Henney, Drew Henson, John Navarre, and Logan Thomas. These players have started over 300 regular season NFL games. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> they have! It's true! 250 plus yeah. of them are Tom Brady. <laughs> mm-hmm. Brian Greasy's Well, to another... be fair, Logan Thomas has been a starting NFL quarterback for a long time now. Yeah, that's true. He's number two on that list. Uh, the best part is you go to Logan Thomas's Wikipedia page. Logan Thomas is an American football tight end for the Buffalo yeah. Bills. So yeah. uh, creative accounting. That's what I'll say. Scott Leffler's Wikipedia. Also, 
I want you to think about the people who, in 2018, with everything that's going on in the world, there's somebody, okay, 2017, because it tells me at the bottom, on December 28th, 2017, holiday time, time to be with your family, at 6.01, I don't know what the time zone was, somebody edited the Scott Leffler page. If you're out there, and if you're listening, and you might be, because you're clearly good at wasting time, the next time you get that itch and you're like, hmm, got a little nugget to add to the old Leffler wiki page, <laughs> do anything else. Just go for a walk, read a book, mm-hmm. try to cook something you've never cooked before, call an old friend, write a letter, watch a TV show you like. All choices are better than spending valuable time at the holidays editing Scott Leffler's Wikipedia page. I'm concerned if, for you and I want you to be happy. If you're Scott Leffler and you were editing your own Wikipedia page at the holidays. Follow all of that advice. <laughs> Nothing what, changes. What if it's Scott, Scott Leffler was looking up like, oh, right, Brian Greasy. Right, right, right. Yeah, forgot, me and Tom forgot, Brady are friends. I forgot, uh, to but, add, I forgot to add Brian Greasy. He, you know, he he might have been the last edit because the very last line of this Wikipedia page is, he was a college quarterback coach at Tom Brady and is reported to be one of his closest friends. Enter. <laughs> Scott Leffler, Enter. Submit for approval. Enter. <laughs> All right. Yeah, uh, links, links to an interview of Scott Leff. Um, I have a question to answer. I'll take <clears throat> from Real Big Tit Man is the Twitter handle. Is Fred Durst simply a misunderstood genius who is in the right place at the right time? Well, okay. Hang on. Mm-hmm. Um, let's take this word by word. Is Fred Durst? Yes. Yes, he is. He exists. We can confirm. Is Fred Durst simply? He's pretty simple. <laughs> not not too much going on. Um, is Fred Durst simply misunderstood? I don't think so. I feel like we understand him pretty well. He might um, feel that way. He might feel that way. He, he might feel that way at times. I'm sure he has songs about mm-hmm. like how, how complex and complicated he is and all that. But I never in my life have I thought, wow, what, what nuance. <laughs> I, I, it, truly unknowable. His internal life. Is Fred Durst simply a misunderstood genius? Um, if he is, he is deeply misunderstood. Um, is Fred the, Durst the, a misunderstood, misunderstood genius who is in the right place? Jacksonville. Yes. Jacksonville. <laughs> Without mm-hmm. question. Best yeah. place on earth. Um, at the right time? Uh, yes, the late 90s. They were horrible. The only good Ar- things were Cash Arguably. Money Records and Randy Moss. Mm-hmm. And, and Keenan McCardell. Okay, to be fair. Also, Kenny <laughs> McCardo. Sure. Um, so take that all together. Is Fred Durst simply a misunderstood <laughs> genius who is in the right place at the right time? I'm with everything but genius, but if he's just universe-brained beyond me, I'll accept that as well. Okay. I would rate that sentence as being 55% true. Here's the thing. Why isn't Fred Durst dean of Buckeye Nation? Hasn't he? Hasn't he earned it? <laughs> think so actually uh wouldn't he be he's he's dean of jags nation he's well he's a tenured professor tenured professor at jacksonville university (laughs) that's a real place no there's not (laughs) why would jacksonville have one of those Mm, Um, see i think i I think fred durst loses all credibility in that race and exits disgraced and discredited when uh, they ask him for his bench numbers i think it's all out the window then no, I think he could just make up some shit about having a torn peck. It doesn't have to be true. Yeah, I mean, he's <laughs> he's he's pretty he's pretty chunky, you know? Like he's not a 
He doesn't look frail. Like, I think he could bullshit his way to a, a whatever a respectable number would be for a Jacksonville person asking that question. If this leads up to a, a dramatically unsuccessful and possibly injurious 225-pound bench press attempt recorded on film, I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> as long as he's, like, singing the whole time. Yeah, just do two wheels, bro. Do two wheels. Put on my song. Just two wheels. Put them on. Come on. Um, also from Real Big Tit Man, does Harbaugh survive the year if he loses to State and OSU again? Survive? No. He'll be shot. He'll thrive. Now, we, I, shot, I, yes. I, I, I assume... I mean, for, for, uh, real, for real, he's going to survive that, even if it happens. Well, I assume by state we mean Michigan and not Penn, but that would mean... Could be Texas State. Can you imagine how embarrassing that would be? Did they have any other states on the list? No, they don't. What oh, if no, state... Notre Dame State. What if they state... Mean... State is Oregon State, and mm-hmm. OSU is also Oregon State. Wouldn't that be God. bad? That's two losses technically, to Oregon look, State. Look, does Harbaugh survive the year if he loses to Oregon State and Oregon State again? Yeah. That would suck. Yeah. I think that's true. I think if you, I think if you accidentally schedule Oregon State and then you do it a second time and you lose both, yep, you're out. You play Oregon State in the bowl. Well, I know that sounds far fetched, but bear with me. Um, no, he's no, he's not going to get fired. Not for that. They'd owe him like it's something like eighteen million dollars. How does he lose though? Because is, is it the same way as it always is? Like, does he lose to Michigan State in the most bullshit way possible and then lose to Ohio State, like, in the most gut-wrenching way possible? Because you're going to get really tired of that at some point. I guess, but in the past, the alternative was just just lose to Ohio State. <laughs> there wasn't, wasn't a lot of mystery, not a lot of drama to it. No, No real big third act there. I mean, I don't, I don't, I, I, it is, it is hard to fathom them firing him. So like, maybe if that happens again this year, then we say he's officially on the hot seat for next year. But they won't, like that. Mean, they won't mean that. <laughs> they won't. I mean, no one, no one lives forever. Let's say, all right, let's say he only loses those two games. That means he beat Notre Dame on the road. He beat Nebraska. He beat Wisconsin. He beat Penn State. And throw in a bunch of other games that are not as interesting as those. Sure. Like, I, that probably balances it out, doesn't it? Sure, that's a great year. Yeah. It's just, at that point, it would just be... Because, uh, I mean, here's the thing. Does football boil down to, like, oh, we had a good record? Or does it boil down to, like, my coworker I hate can say mean things to me because of what happened yet again? You know, like, which do you care about more? Like, which, here's, are you... here's, here's, the, here's how we'll test it. NFL media, I want you to start tweeting that Jim Harbaugh's job is safe at Michigan and see if reflexively Michigan fans start tweeting at you. No, no, it's not. Absolutely not. One loss and he's gone. You don't know shit. Yeah, fuck, this is what I want. Fuck you, Tim Kawakami. I want, the, I want the trial balloon race to go back and forth, right? I want the Harbaugh, I don't know, beats Michigan State satisfactorily, has a really good, you know, like, has a really pretty good season, and then they lose to Ohio State again. And the debate all of a sudden becomes like, I don't know. I heard the, I heard that the the Texans were interested in him, right? Like I want all of those like little yeah. agent games to crank up 
in both directions because I want somebody to guess wrong, right? I want like the agent to be like, heard the Jets are really interested in Harbaugh. I think they can get him, uh, get Darnold online if they really get Harbaugh there, the QB guru, you know, get that going. And then Michigan's like, yeah, that's fine. Go ahead. Harbaugh's like, no, I don't want to be the coach of the Jets. No one wants to coach the Jets ever. PJ Fleck, head coach at Michigan. They should. Oh, Jesus Christ. They should treat this season like the Mario Kart balloon game. Just like you got three and once they pop, well, <laughs> that's all we're doing. Sorry. You know um, who, you know who yeah. we haven't talked, you know, who we haven't talked about in a while. Me? At all. Oh. No, we haven't. We haven't talked. <laughs> we haven't talked about. We haven't talked about Dave Wanstead, right? Oh my God, you're married to Dave Wanstead. If only somebody, <laughs> Dave Wanstead sounds a lot like Holly Anderson. It's crazy. That's the meanest thing you've ever said about me. <laughs> no, listen. You hear that Pittsburgh accent? That's the meanest thing you've anyone's ever said about me. Gerb. Curly, <laughs> like, Curly Anderson. Holly, oh, what was I it hate, like coaching the Bears? I hate all of you so much, but no, but I hate Ryan least, which is at least new. Oh my God, we're both confused right now. Ah, you go oh. ahead, Hurley. Oh my God, I'm gonna punch you so hard. So you actually, you actually have a Dave Wanstead story. That's the reason I'm you're busting in here. I'm busting in here because I do what I want. Correct. Just um, like, also- just like dangerous Dave Wanstead. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I got a tip. Uh, and this is the most shut down full cast tip of all time because I got a tip from a guy who followed Dave Wanstead around the Fox lot to see what kind of food he had with him. Mm-hmm. Because longtime uh, readers of EDSBS will know we're extremely big on the notion for some reason that right. fell out of Spencer's brain. Was it is a big, hard. big sandwich? Hold on, hold on. I'm, okay. Let's each make a guess. Jason's is a big sandwich. Mine I'm going to guess seven different kinds of ham. Okay, mine is trail mix that has cut up pieces of hot dog in it. Spencer? Uh, I'm going to guess actual horse-style feed bag stuffed with bugles. <laughs> okay, well... Just we, going all over the place. There's a chance that we're all right. I'm going to read you this text that I got uh, from friend of the program, Jason, who works on the Fox lot, a different Jason. Uh, a lesser Jason, but no less beloved. As I was pulling out of the garage at Fox, Dave Wanstead walked in front of my car, wearing... A Bucks cutoff pullover, shorts, a knee brace, and carrying a Subway sandwich. Sandwich. Jason and I then spend the ride home trying to guess Dave Wanstead's Subway order. Uh, My guess is mayonnaise, salami, and triple banana peppers on wheat because he's healthy like that. Jason posited honey wheat, the jalapenos from the jalapeno bread, one slice of turkey and oregano, dry. And I would love to hear what the rest of you think Dave Wanstead's subway order is. I will take my answer off the air because Spencer's headphones are covered with some kind of unidentified substance. Um, meatball sub with honey mustard. Okay, so Ryan says meatball sub with honey mustard. I'm um, going to go with a quadruple capicola. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, want the, I want the bread made of capicola. My 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 wife is chiming in and guessing as a former sandwich artist. She guesses the cold cut combo. Is that like middle school in St. Yeah, Pete? Do they just send you to work at Subway? Yeah, I, I, Subway is like the Marines. There is no such thing as a former sandwich artist. <laughs> 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 uh, 
All right, there is no such thing as a former sandwich artist. Yeah, I agree. I think that's true. You're just a sandwich artist waiting to happen again. What's, um, when, I, when I see those triangular pieces of cheese, a tear comes to my eye. I am going to guess that he has, I'm going to guess that he has got double ham, mm-hmm. double ham, uh, peppers, pickled peppers. Can't get enough of the peppers. I just see that as like a super Dave Wanstead thing. I like that we've right? decided Dave Wanstead just loves the spice. No, no, I, no. Just, I need to point out that you can't, I don't, as far as I know, you can't get a Subway sandwich anywhere on the Fox lot proper. Dave Wanstead had to leave work, get Subway, and return to work. Uh, gotta put, or, gotta put or, on the books cut off first, al- though. Or he always has Subway in his car. There's yep. Yep. I got one in my trunk. <laughs> Whole shop. Great guy. Dave. Dave runs it. What, what, coach, want to get cold? No, it's in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> Meat doesn't go bad in the sun. This, That's is Los An- this is Los Angeles, and it's a desert, so it just kind of desiccates just in the cures. glove compartment. If, if, me, like if meat could go bad in the sun, then how could animals live outside? Think about that. Hey, I made a sub jerky. <laughs> it's the dehydrated sub. It's more efficient. Uh, related, Subway is closing 500 restaurants in North America this year. Yeah, you know why? Dave Wanstead can only eat at one of them <laughs> at a time. That's why. I was going to say at a time. Yeah. Challenge like accepted. 0.1% of them. Challenge yeah. accepted. I'll breach the dimensional barriers and I'll eat I th- multiple Subways. I think Hi, I know. Wanstead has the space stone. But- Hi, I'm, I'm Dr. Wanstead Strange. <laughs> <laughs> Just opens a portal and sandwich flies out of it. God, why was it? You know, he's always spinning with his hands. Imagine that there's like a sandwich baton in each of his hands. <laughs> Is Dave Wanstead in Infinity War? Yes. Yeah, I'm just going to say he's, he's in Nebula. Infinity. That's true. If he's he gets Galactus. the fries in that sandwich, he'll become incredibly powerful. Don't hey, let him do it. Hey, how you doing? I'm the sandwich collector. Great to see you. What you see behind you is a storage locker full of sandwiches. It's the Infinity Gurtlet. <laughs> I am Gert. I am Gert. I am Gert. Dr. Strange. Why are you putting french fries all over the Infinity Gauntlet? The Gauntlet, Nat. Yeah. Come on. Uh, I yeah. So there. That's I thought that that's like the most important part of the podcast. Is we got a Dave Wanstead sandwich story. I maintain, by the way, my theory is that whatever his order was, he was going to Fat Burger to get fries to stuff in the sub, as and God intended. That's right. The Scarlet Witch just spraying you with Heinz ketchup. Scarlet Witch. Scarlet um, Witch. To bring it back <laughs> a little bit, wouldn't it be great if it turned out Dave Wanstead was Batman? Like. <laughs> Of course is there anyone? Would. Is there anyone who has carefully? Maybe this is all a carefully cultivated image. To Can we redo that entire set? Nolan trilogy set in Pittsburgh? The Dirt Nerd. I mean, I know they, they filmed had, a lot. They already had yeah. Hans Ward. That's right. No, well, that's how. That's when you knew it was a movie because he actually ran with the ball was, and yeah, escaped defenders. Yeah, that was the funniest part of the movie. I didn't know. I never thought Nolan was very funny. Also, very Pittsburgh. The villain Bane. No cardio. None. Um, let's, let's end with these questions from at Duckitecture. Uh, let's start with this one. Holly can help because she'll have strong opinions. Who is the handsome, who is the handsomest coach in 2018? Cliff Kingsbury is off the table. And I say that because I feel like we'll throw out an answer and Holly will insist that these people aren't handsome because 
Cliff Kingsbury is pretty. There's a difference. Okay. See? Already this is paying paying dividends. Uh, so Jason and Spencer, handsomest coach. And I would actually take Lincoln Riley off the table because he's like a Ross dress for less Cliff Kingsbury. In terms sure. of looks only. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. He's like a Cliff um, Princeberry. Ooh. He's he's out with Jacksberry. Oh wait, never mind. He's at, Where's he's out Randy Edsel on the list of handsome coaches? <laughs> I'm gonna have to keep scrolling. Um, hold on, hold on. Still scrolling. Hold on. Still scrolling. Um, it's Charlie still, Strong. Why are we talking about still, this? Still, still scrolling. Hold on, hold on. Let's see. Dave Dabo looks like a Precious Moments doll. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Bobby Petrino looks like if a Precious Moments doll slept with a Madame Alexander doll. Yeah. Please don't think the Bobby Edwards. Petrino voice. Face for TV. Um, I gotta say, Mark Rick's looking pretty good down in Miami. Like in Georgia, you kind of with the tan he picked up in Georgia, you kind of always got the impression that he dipped himself in paraffin every morning before he came to work. But in Miami, he's surrounded by people who look like that. <laughs> That's totally reasonable um the frissons of let's see let's go through all the the obvious candidates the frissons of fear professional job related fear creeping in uh have kind of taken the shine off larry fedora so i would toss him out as well how do you feel about out of the running that is uh mr clausen (sighs) hmm She's, she's kind the, of a she's, fancy lad, isn't she? She's the, yeah, it's Wake Forest, of course. The mascot wears a top hat. Of course he's a fancy lad. No, I mean kind of like, like the pastor, like right? the the Eric Trump kind of fancy lad. Oh, I see. Like the wouldn't survive in the wild if you dropped him off in an exurb fancy lad. Let me hit you with Mark Stoops. Oh, that's a very particular kind of handsome. That's like, that's Thanos core handsome. Is Mark Stoops our most Thanos shaped coach? Uh, I think, Mar- that's I a, think Mark. Uh, Ed Ogeron's up there. Yeah, I, I think Mark Stoops is what they considered handsome in like the 1800s when they're like, he has all of his teeth and he's stately. Chip Kelly, another face for TV. Oh, yep. Mm. Uh, Clay Helton is ham- handsome because they don't know what he looks like. Why are we going through and ignoring Charlie? If if we're going for a genuine answer, it's got to be Charlie Strong, right? If you say so. Spencer? Um, you know, uh, Kyle Whittingham has a kind of certain, like, you know, handsome sergeant look to him. Man. Right? With a little no, bit of I the, shouldn't talk about this. With a little, like, salt and pepper to the hair. Also, he's real buff. He's just like... Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, imagine as, what all As that... listeners will know, we stand for his calves, so... We do, yeah. I kind of got to imagine that he's a little bit brittle after all that gym time though <laughs> things, you know, too much car- see too much cardio yep. that also was right all along oh wait <laughs> oh wait mike gundy come on oh wait, all right a little bit rangy why am i for some reason i started thinking about which of these coaches would be good to cook over an open flame not yeah, frank's not frank's frank's a little stringy. frank solich she can't won't even light it's like eating a cat <laughs> you don't want to do it um, and then the other question Duck and Texture sent, which was somewhat serious. Deciding, oh, it's Mario Cristobal. Never mind. We're done. Deciding who in your relationship is responsible for what household tasks. Hmm. You're asking Spencer? Yeah. You don't, 
because if you choose competence, yeah. Okay, all right. Let's no. Let's let's dig into this, Spencer. What household tasks are you generally responsible for? I am generally responsible for the dishes. Okay. Uh, I am generally responsible for. Um, let's see. I'm generally responsible for getting the. Uh, I do the morning. So I do the whole morning routine. Spencer's right? wife is currently mouthing a chore list to him I from am. the couch across the I'm, room. I have to be while reminded. While he tries to read her lips and talk um, at the same time. I think you can add this to the list, though. You, you can say, like, reading, dictating dictation. I do take dictation very well. Um, I didn't say I listened well. I said I took dictation well. Okay. Those are two different things. You should take dictation more. I can write it down, but it ain't going nowhere. It turns to a ghost the minute I turn it into, like, writing. Um, and I also, I think I'm the declutterer. I think that's another thing that I do is that like, I'm the like order, like, you know, if you just need to get things like not really clean, but stacked up, that's my gig. Right. <laughs> you're, you know what I mean? Like somebody's coming living over. room Sisyphus. I am. I just stack it up. They call me the piler. It's like, what's that <laughs> prison movie where they just make dudes make piles of rocks? Yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> I'd be great at that. That's that's my whole that's my whole life domestically. So those are primarily the things that I am uh, responsible for. I think you guys actually got Spencer in trouble with this one, which is great. That's yeah, it's great. Good. I if this means you have more chores, not mad about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. Um, I will say I will say one like I'll I'll be like semi serious for a moment. Uh, if you are if you are unsure about how to do this. And you want a little help? You should definitely uh, read. I think it's the Harper's piece about emotional labor. It's a good. It's a good eye-opening piece for you know maybe how you think you are contributing to your household, and you could be doing so in ways that are actually kind of shitty or kind of thoughtless or kind of not all that helpful. Um, I I will say that I, having read it myself, it was a very interesting read for me. When you come home and you're just like, hey, what can I do to help you out? You've actually sort of transferred work onto your wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, because you haven't sort of done the job of identifying what actually needs to be done and being a grown up. Um, yeah, that's too serious. I'm sorry. No, I that piece really is great, and to our lady listeners out there, because I love you, um, pay real close attention to how your partner reacts to this piece because it's going to tell you a lot. That's actually God. That's a really good idea. Please. Yeah. yeah no, no. And go. By the way, go read it, and you can react badly once to it. it yeah. It's how you rebound from it. Because chances are, I yeah. think most dudes who do that, even if they do a lot around the house, would be like. <gasps> You know, but I do a lot. And if you rebound and go, oh, okay. Okay, cool. You get like one mistake on this. Sure. Yeah. And and you know what? You can have that fail failure privately. You can privately think that you do a you lot. You can have that failure privately is maybe the only good advice that has ever been given out on any podcast. <laughs> um, a, thing, a thing my wife has been telling me a lot lately is this, lately. Piece of, is, the, is this phrase. It costs you nothing to be quiet. Ooh. <laughs> She's telling you that and you've got a toddler in the house. Yes. Unless you're on a game show. Even then, sometimes. Pays off. That's why Ryan, when he's on Jeopardy, gets up to $1,200. Stops answering questions. I'm just going to wait for... It's playing field position. I'm just going to wait. I'm going to punt and wait for everyone else to screw up. I mean, shouldn't shouldn't a lawyer know that there are times to just 
refuse to answer questions? All of the time. He keeps trying to tell us. Yeah. Hi, why do you think I'm here? Do you think it's because I was really good at that? So you got disbarred for talking too much? Hi, why do you think Dave Wanstead is eating Subway on the Fox lot? Because he was a really great college football coach? He was also disbarred for talking too much. <laughs> and you know what? And with a mouthful of fries and sandwich. <laughs> give me liberty or give me hot peppers.